0: Coming up, Hamza Tahir on air, Scotland and that catch against Oman, while Matthew Cross and Riyad Henry star in the weekend's action in the league. All that and more on the Cricket Scotland podcast. Ball out there, give Hamilton any wits, he'll take you. Captain Catherine Bryce comes under it, she won't make any mistake. That's the first wicket for Scotland.
1: Six to win, and Richie Barrington has finished it with a six. And that's the win for Scotland, they've secured the super over. Oh.
0: Welcome once again and Rosie, brilliant to see you as ever. How has your week been?
2: Jake, it's great to see you first of all as well. My week has been, is busy, it's busy like everything at the moment, getting into that kind of cricket season, just everything's going full steam ahead at the moment but it's all very exciting as I'm sure it is for for uh, lots of teams Um, but yeah all go go go. So yeah so I think what we'll do is we'll just get started with some of the news stories of the week. First of all Scotland squad for the USA.
0: Yes indeed Uh, Cricket World Cup League 2 at the Musa Stadium in Texas, Scotland's first ever trip to the USA, uh, play the USA and UAE. Four ODIs again, no Mark Watts, who will be down with Derbyshire at that time for the T20 Blast. But Ollie Davidson is a fascinating addition, 17 years old, slow left armour. Uh, he's in for his first, uh, first call-up. Scotland's first match is on the 28th of May and the last on the 3rd of June. George Munsey, of course, will be very much part of that squad. And Rosie, he's been in action over the last week in the Caribbean.
2: Yes, the brilliantly named Cool and Smooth T20 in Antigua, where George finished as the tournament's top scorer, hitting 206 runs and 128 balls in four innings. There were two 50s in that tally. The last a 17-ball 55. And just brilliant to see George doing what he does best.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And there is more Scottish involvement in another T20 competition, the Fairbreak Invitational in Dubai, which brings together some of the best players from the full member and associate worlds. Really fantastic initiative this. Sarah and Catherine Brights have been in action for the Spirit and Warriors, respectively. Sarah starring in the win over the Falcons with a 22-ball 26 and a couple of those trademark stumpings. Catherine claimed a wicket and a catch across her three outings so far. There's some great coverage of the competition on social media and you can catch it live in the UK via FreeSports.
2: So on with our show for this week and our guest Hamza Tahir. Since his debut in 2018, Hamza has established himself as one of Scotland's most exciting talents, a slow left armour who's most recently Made his presence felt in the Cricket World Cup League Two with two wins over PNG and Oman. We spoke to him about that and his return to Scottish club cricket with AIR. Hamza, welcome. Great to see you.
3: Yeah, it's good to be on. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, we must start with congratulating you on your inclusion in the Cricket World Cup League Two squad for the USA. Although, you will be leaving Texas a little bit early for a small matter of a wedding. How are your preparations going?
3: Yeah, prep for the tour has gone well. So, I'll say looking forward to that. And then, yeah, looking forward to the wedding as well. It's on the 5th of June. And, yeah, it's just clashed with the last date, the last game, which is a shame. But, you know, it's one of those things. You have to look at what's more important.
2: Yeah,
3: wedding
2: first, the wedding first. Wedding and, first yeah. and and you're feeling how
3: are you feeling? Like stressed, are we okay? No, I'm pretty calm to be honest. I think um I think the nerves will kick in on the fly back probably. Um when I'm probably thinking about the wedding and yeah, it will all be I will be a nervous time, a nervous day, but you know, it should be a good one.
0: That nerves and excitement there's nothing quite like it um i mean many congratulations from from us to you both i mean it's such an exciting exciting Thanks. time and it's it's been that way on the field as well uh i mean we'll chat about air and the upcoming western premier division campaign in a moment but we have to start with last month that incredible trip to dubai to play our old friends now oman and bng yeah. in the latest round of cricket world cup league two four wins out of four clean sweep and a great way to start 2022
3: yeah, it was honestly it was probably you know one of the best um, four games we played in a row. Um, obviously, four ones out of four is not very easy to come by, and especially against those sort of teams. They've been playing a lot of cricket recently, and we've not had anything. Just a couple of warm ups, and then yeah, to go out to win four two out of four was a good achievement, and to play in some performances as well. Um, yes, yeah, it was good, good fun.
2: Well, remember the part that you played for a very long time because it was phenomenal to watch. But seven wickets, a wonder yeah. catch, off your own bowling against PNG, and then that incredible finish against Oman. So take us through the last moments of that game. Three overs left, three wickets in hand, 15 runs needed. What was it like to be in the field at that time?
3: Yeah, I think it was one of those weird games. You know, it's probably one of those games we, we shouldn't have won I feel like they were on top throughout the 50 overs, our innings and throughout the innings they were cruising at a couple of stages and we just thought, you know, it's a matter of time. But we know we had the players to, you know, turn the game and we, we knew if we took it deep that anything could happen. But, you know, the last, it was the second last over from Mark Watt went for a couple of runs and it was two wickets and a run out. And yeah, that sort of, gave you us know, was a bit of, hope, I think, about belief, but I think they started six off the last over, I'm not sure what it was, it was six or eight, and yeah, it was just a blur the last over, to be honest, the first couple of balls, you're thinking, okay, hopefully, you know, just get a couple of dots in here, see what happens, Um, but then you always think, imagine the last, you know, catch comes to me, or it's always in your head when you're fielding, or, you know, wonder if something's going to happen, and have to take a catch and win the game it's always in the back of your head Um, and yeah it happened it was you know the video doesn't really catch justice I don't think because the ball went really high like I can't even describe you know how high that ball went I had so long to think lots of things were going through my head I was thinking what if I drop this what if I catch this you know I can't even see the ball first of all and then a few spins and then just you know my hands were out and I got it. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy
0: feeling. Oh, we, we went crazy here as well watching it. It was unbelievable. I mean, does that rank as one of your one of your best moments in a Scotland shirt, would you say? Just that, that second there.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely, you know, top of the list probably. It's probably, you know, to win the game as well. Obviously, it's not my own wicket, but it's for the team. And, you know, to win a game that we weren't looking at winning. Um yeah, it was massive. It was massive. And that you know, that gave, that was probably one of the best games I played in.
2: Yeah, I think uh, my reaction in my living room when you took that catch was like I was I think the neighbours were probably scared as to what was going on. Um but yeah and there was another tight finish as well in the other game against a man. But Scotland came through brilliantly again how would you describe the the mindset of the team just now and that ability to get, you know, through those kind of tough times when you're under pressure?
3: Yeah, I think I would say we probably didn't play at our best those tight games because we should be winning games comfortably. But obviously, you have to give credit to the opposition as well. But even though we didn't play as well as we hoped, we still won, which I should think shows such a good team we have for such a good squad and, you know, not just the guys who are on the park, but the guys who are home and the guys who are on the bench, and yeah, we're all pushing each other to be better. And I think that's why we're putting in good performances.
0: I mean, I've I've loved watching your your journey from the time of your debut against Pakistan in in 2018, about as tough an assignment as you could have been given that one. Uh, through your ODI debut at Manorfield, where you took a four for against PNG, and then a five for next game to where we are now. I mean, how do you think you've evolved as a as a player and a person even over over that time?
3: Yeah, I think obviously first game was against Pakistan in twenty eighteen and that just hit me like a ton of bricks, the difference, like the, the jump from regional cricket, club cricket to playing at international level and not just against an associate team, but a full member and how big a gap that is and how quick quickly you have to learn. Um, I think that's probably the main thing that I've taken was from that game is, you know, like you have to be on it from from ball one and you have to sort of change your game and adapt a little bit and just backing your skills, I think. And I think that's what's taken me, you know, where I am now. Obviously, I've got a lot more that I want to achieve and, and do in the sport. But yeah, I feel like I'm in a good place at the minute.
2: So we've said your your next chance in the Scotland shirt will come in the USA, where Scotland have ODIs against the hosts and the UAE. How are you feeling about the trip?
3: Pretty confident. Um, I think there's no reason not to be confident. I think we came off a good run of four wins out of four. The, you know, we're playing two good teams. Um, but I think if we play to our potential, there's no reason why we can't win four out of four again.
0: And before that, of course, there's a chance to see you on home soil again. Great to see you back in in Scottish club cricket after your time with Sunderland uh, last season. So we're there now mm-hmm. in the Western Premier Division. Um, I spoke to Andy McKelney for the preview this week. There seems to be yeah. such a buzz around the club at the moment.
3: Yeah, definitely. There's such a you know, buzz around the club and... Everyone's looking forward to the first game. Obviously, we had a game rained off last week, which you know we were probably going to win, um, I'm being honest. Um, and that would have just kicked us off on the right start. But obviously, we got good. Um, it was good to be out on the pitch last week and hopefully take that momentum into tomorrow's game against Ferguson and just set us up for the season and see where it takes us. But yeah, there's a good buzz around the club. There's a good buzz around the second team and third team. and Everyone's enjoying being out here.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you say, we're recording this on the day before you go up against some familiar faces in the the former yeah. Fergusley, uh, a club you know extremely well, of course. I mean, Andy described that as your, your biggest game of the season and that it's your first chance to to pit yourselves against one of the real big hitters in the division. You then have Uddingston next week. League's always a marathon rather than a sprint. But how important do you think those games are going to be in terms of, of you setting down a marker for the rest of the campaign?
3: Yeah, it's a massive first game tomorrow and I think everyone's looking forward to it. I feel like I've never been more excited to play a game of cricket in my life. I don't think even more than any World Cup game or anything, you know, club cricket is just something that you get such a joy out of playing and winning as well. It's just, you know, there's no better feeling, I don't think. Um, And yeah, it's a massive game tomorrow against Ferguson Slay and then next week's Oddingston and Sunday's the Scottish Cup. So yeah, it's a big couple of weeks for the club. See if we can win three out of three, and that's what our goal is, anyway. And yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow with the first game.
2: Well, one thing I want to quickly mention as well is how cool is the air kit this year? Like, Mm -hmm. the top is so cool, it's giving me kind of Scotland vibes as well, a little bit.
3: Yeah, it's it's the exact same as a Scotland kit. I think you know, uh, Munsey is the one who designed it for us. We just um he gave us a few designs to choose from and that was the same similar to the Scotland sort of pattern. and we just had the air colours on it and it looks you know looks really good. Actually it's probably the best, one of the best in the leaks.
2: I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. Um Well Hamza, we can't let you go without finding out a little bit more about the man behind the badge and getting your own opinion on some quick fire questions. <laughs> now these are gonna be a little bit controversial, I'm warning you. Okay. So, first of all, let's start it off with pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Uh,
3: No pineapple.
2: Book or box set? Box set. Action movie or comedy? Comedy. Hamden or Murrayfield? Hamden. Do aliens exist, yes or no? Yes. Dogs or cats?
0: Neither. (laughs) Neither. controversial
2: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. morning or evening evening red sauce brown sauce or neither red sauce if you could have a superpower what would it be
3: um, to be invisible
2: if you weren't a cricketer what would you be
3: um I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> well-
0: well, we are really glad that you are a cricketer. That's all that's all I can say, as is <laughs> as is Scotland. Uh, Hamza, thank you so much. It has been so good no to talk to you. Uh, all the very best for pleasure. the season ahead.
2: Thank you. Hamza to absolute legend.
0: He is such an exciting talent. And he's only going to get better and better as time goes on. The amount of work he has put in on his fielding and all-round game was highlighted by Karl Kutzer after that incredible finish in Dubai. He absolutely deserves all the plaudits that have come his way. And it's going to be really exciting to see that next chapter in his story.
2: So now let's chat through the events of last week, starting with our featured game of the week where Jake saw the Eastern Premier League champions get their 2022 campaign up and running.
0: Yes, indeed. After last week's full start, there was no better game to highlight for our first featured game of the season than this one. An Edinburgh derby between two of the Eastern Premier League's biggest hitters. And for Matthew Cross, that pun was appropriate, as his quite outstanding knock of 162 saw champions Harriet sweep aside their rivals by 151 runs at Goldenacre. It hadn't looked like being anything like as comprehensive at the start, Put into bat on a good pitch, but one freshened by a little early morning rain. The legacy of the schools game that was played on the strip next to it during what had been a showery morning. It was Harriet's who were first under pressure. Dylan Budge claiming the wickets of first Lloyd Brown with a beauty that clipped the top of off in the second over. And then Callum Martin, whose stumps were splattered by the last ball of the sixth. That made it nine for two, and with Budge's new ball partner Chris Sowell causing problems too, beating the bat a few times as he extracted some good pace and bounce out of the pitch, the host seemed up against it. The first boundary didn't arrive till the eighth over, and was somewhat surprisingly in the circumstances a six, Budge strayed just a little and cross-flicked the ball over deep backward square. But then came what would turn out to be the big moment of the game. Robbie McGlasham found Cross's edge and Tom Folds put it down at first slip, a massive chance missed and one that would have its consequences. Mark Watt got alive too as McGlasham misjudged a catch on the boundary at Deep Backward Square, tipping it over the rope for six, while a diving soul could only get his fingertips to what was a really tough chance of Cross at mid-wicket. But by now the two Scotland men were finding their range, Watt driving Chris Greaves for four, then skipping down the track to plant Folds into the screen for six. That prompted the return of Sol to the attack, but two more boundaries came, the second a toenda over the wicket keeper that took Watt to forty three. The last ball of the over brought his wicket, however, as Sol uprooted his Scotland teammates off stump. A partnership of ninety eight, a disappointed Watt departing, but the momentum of the game had definitely turned. The next over saw Cross reach his 50 with a six over long on, followed by another next ball, then a third. And although Ryan Brown fell to Scotland under 19, Jack Jarvis, a seventh six took the Scotland wicketkeeper to his hundred. By now, the sun was out and the floodgates were wide open. Steepling pool from Cross cleared the road at the side of the ground before the shot of the day, an extraordinary inside out hit over extra cover. What a shot, said someone on the balcony. Ridiculous," said Marquart with a smile. It was extraordinary, an absolutely breathtaking display, and there was nothing that Grange could do about it. Cross's thirteenth six, a languid leaning-back smash over backward point, was his last. Harris Carnegie bringing the carnage to an end with a catch off the bowling of Jarvis, but at two hundred and seventy-four for five, Harriets were already pretty much out of sight. Dylan Wilson and Gavin Mayne had some fun at the back end of the innings, Wilson finishing unbeaten on 30, while Dylan Budge picked up two more wickets in the final over to finish with four for 32, the pick of the Grange attack. The home side's final total of 311 for seven was going to take some chasing, especially against the quality of that Harriet's attack. Two chances had already gone down at second slip before third was taken, Carnegie spooning a ball from Adrian Neal to Neal Alexander at mid-wicket. And although Ryan Flanagan found the boundary five times in all, the loss of Chris Greaves, a second wicket for Neil, then Flanagan to a top-edged catch off Elliot Ruthven, struck a big double blow. Tom Folds fell to a catch, taken shoulder-high in the slips by Mark Watt, while Dylan Budge ran past one from Watt to be stumped for 23. The bright light in the Grange innings, though, was Jack Jarvis, who played another innings of real class and composure. His 51 ball 63 featured six fours and three sixes, underlining that talent and potential we spoke so much about last year. He was the last of the visitors' wickets to fall, a third for Gavin Mayne. It had been a fine innings that exemplified Grange's fight, but with three wickets for debutant Neil Alexander II, the final result was never really in doubt. So after the game, I spoke to Harriet's player of the match, Matthew Cross. Well, Matt, fantastic individual performance from yourself and the team as well. You must be really pleased.
1: Yeah, I think um, obviously last week we got washed out our growth, which was disappointing. And then this is probably one of the biggest games of the season for us when we play Grange. Show. Um, you know, boys were fantastic. We got put in, and it was it was tough early, and the guys you know battled well through, and then you know really really cashed in later on. So um, you know, big win to to kind of start the season. So yeah, very very happy.
0: It t- taught me through your innings. You- looked pretty tough out there to start with, um, yeah. but you kind of really settled into it as it went on.
1: Yeah, I think obviously they put us in and there was a couple of pretty early wickets for, for Budgie. So, um, you know, we were up against it and had to kind of, I mean, what you kind of had to just fight a bit and get get ourselves back into the game. And probably by drinks, we were kind of, you know, in a, in a stablished position. So, yeah, looked to press on. And then the, to be fair, the guys who came in sort of later down the innings all came in with real good intent and kept the strike turning over and found boundaries themselves. So it really helped me just keep, you know, keep flowing.
0: It's a fantastic knock, and what are your thoughts on the on the pink ball um, so far? Well, obviously, first full game with that in the league. What are, you, what are you making of it so far?
1: Yeah, I think it's good. I think um, what we've seen so far is if you ball well with it, you're going to have a bit of success. It's, it's swung all kind of all the way through the innings, even at the end of their innings. I think the guys were saying the ball was still swinging, which is good. And I think obviously it kind of bridges that gap closer to maybe the regional stuff with it being uh, pink ball now. And I think. It maybe brings a bit more of a better spectacle to, you know, club cricket, which is good. And hopefully we'll see the benefits of that moving forward with the guys, you know, being able to put in performances in club cricket that, that means something as well. And so finally next week, Watsonians, another Edinburgh derby. Yeah, they, do, they keep coming thick and fast. So it's, you know, another pretty important game. I sort of think Watsonians will be up there this year. I think they've got a pretty strong side and they've done some good recruiting. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll do the same again next week. But, um, you know, we'll have to earn the right to, to, to win. Crossy. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank again. you. Cheers, guys.
2: Matthew Cross there, and to delve a little deeper into the stories from the weekend, let's bring our regular guest Gary Heatley. Welcome,
4: Gary. Thanks, Rosie. Good to be back. And yes, as Jake mentioned, after a a damp first weekend in the Eastern Premier Division, it was good to see all the teams back and competing on Saturday in Week Two.
2: So that result is only going to reinforce many people's thoughts that Heriots are likely to be the team to
4: beat again. I mean, yes, you would you would think so, Rosie, I mean, given the strength they have in their squad. Um, obviously, they're going to lose Mark Watt at some point uh, when he goes down south to play for Derbyshire, but uh, you know they brought in players like Neil Alexander, Callum Martin come into their team, and uh, you know they've got a very strong core to their, to their squad. So it looks like Harris will be the team to beat. And when you've got someone like Matthew Cross, you can you can do what he does. It's, uh, you know when you can post over 300 in games, that's going to be tough for anyone to beat. And, and their seam attack on its day with the likes of Gavin Main, Adrian Neal, Elliot Robin, King and to mention Alexander. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's a pretty pretty poor outfit, so it'll be definitely the team to beat. Still,
2: yeah, and and as Jake was saying as well, it was t- a tough day for Grange. What do you make of uh, where they are and how other likely challengers are are just now?
4: Yeah, I don't think you can ever uh, ever discount Grange from from a title race in the east. I mean, uh, they have lost a bit of experience over the last couple of years, but you know they have brought in Chris Greaves, obviously a, a Scotland player and. You know, I know Tom Foles rates Robbie McGlasham highly, who's brought in, who's a bit older as well. So, and I know they're missing a, a couple on Saturdays. I think Grange will still be there They're thereabouts again on their home turf. The Portgar play is very tough to beat. And, uh, yeah, it was the Carlton were second, second in last summer's title race. I think they'll be there They're thereabouts again. And they seem to have, you know, a strong core to their team and, and strengthen well. And their youngsters keep coming through, like Rory McIntyre that I mentioned. So, so they'll be up there again. Um, Four for sure. Champions in 2019 before COVID came and fourth last year. Got a lot of young players, but a lot of players who have you know, played a lot of cricket for the age that they're at. And I think, uh, again, on their home turf at Fort Hill, they won't, uh, they won't lose many games. And with guys like Craig Wallace and Michael Leesk at the back, they'll, they'll always be there and Um You know, what, what's remains were fifth last year, I think, and they've obviously lost week one, but won their week two the game with players like Ollie Harris in their, in their lineup And I mentioned Gareth Weatherall taking a few wickets last season was his first at the club and he was kind of in and out with various injuries and things, but if he can get a full season in his, he can be quite a, quite a handful. So I think those, those five, again, will be the ones to challenge. I think it's going to be a fascinating uh, fascinating summer.
2: Yeah, me too, Gary. I'm looking forward to it. And, and turning to the West as well, a big game at air uh, produced another big performance, Jake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I talked about this in the, the preview as being an opportunity for Air or Fergus Lee to make a statement, and it was the latter, um, through a quite superb captain's knock from Riyad Henry. Uh, I've waxed lyrical about Riyad many times on the podcast in the past. He's a fabulous cricketer, and this was a performance that put me in mind of another pivotal one last year, actually. Uh, back then, Fergus Lee had, had a bit of a mixed start, a couple of wins, then losses to Stirling County and Uddingston, and... A trip to then-unbeaten Prestwick was next up. I remember chasing 250-odd. Fergusley were 12-for-2. And then a partnership of 240 between Henry and and Tamar Ahmed took them home and kick-started a run that very nearly took them to the title. And on Saturday, uh, they were 0-for-2 after three overs, um, wickets for for Hamza and for uh, Scott McKelney. But up popped Henry and Ahmed again, a partnership this time of 193, 122 for Riyadh, 87 to Tamur, and 289 all out in the end. And then three furs for Dawood Tahir and Haroon Tahir took Fergus Lee over the line uh, again pretty comfortably. I just wonder if this result... Coming back from being right up against it at the start of the game like that again uh, is going to have a similar effect on their season this time round.
2: Yeah, and and looking at the two leagues as a whole, a feature certainly of last year was that there were almost divisions within the divisions. Do you think that's going to be the same case this year, Gary?
4: Yeah, I'd say with I I think the teams that were in the bottom half last year probably strengthened a bit again with professionals now able to travel again and. I think with just uh, clubs having had the time to maybe train a bit more over the winter and maybe focus a bit more on training, I think in the East it'll certainly be, be a bit closer. And I think, you know, probably probably in the West as well. I think it's, uh, you know, last year was obviously a full season, but I feel like this is the one where everyone's getting back to kind of uh, full steam ahead. And I think, yeah, I think on home turf, most teams are going to be tricky to beat, but I think it's, uh, yeah, I think the leagues will be a bit a bit tighter this year. I'm not sure what Jake, Jake thinks.
0: Yeah, I, I would certainly agree. Um I mean, it was certainly the case last year in the in the West as well. And, and as you say, the the arrival of the professionals and the amateurs will have a big impact. Um, I mean, last year, the Western Premier Division was, was interesting in that it, it sort of clearly defined itself into almost three levels, that you have the top four, then you have the middle two who had... Uh, you know, on on their day, were capable of beating anybody, but it was just finding that consistency to to put a run of results together. And then you had the bottom four. And it was pretty clear quite quickly, though, without being unkind, you know, it, who was likely to be going down. I mean, Greenock's problems were were there for for all to see. and and Pollock never really convinced, despite a couple of of good results. I mean, Dumfries got sort of sucked into it a little bit. Um, towards the end of the season but never really looked like they were going to be the ones that were going to go down they 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 quite comfortably got themselves out of trouble um, in the end but this year you know that balance has has shifted I mean despite their result at the weekend air will very much fancy their chances of making some real inroads into those places at the top of the table and so at the bottom things may well tighten up much more I mean Kelvin won't be the first uh, or rather, the last to, to come un, unstuck at Tipwood, as they did on Saturday, and and Langside, you know, got a really good win under their belts against Dumfries at Albert Park, you know, reprising that incredible victory we featured on the podcast last summer. But there are some some massive games coming up over the course of the season. It's going to be really really fascinating to see how it uh, how it all plays out.
2: And and some big games next week. Um, as we've heard already, another Edinburgh derby. This one between Watsonians and Heriots. And Uddingston v Air at Boswell
4: Castle. Yeah, I mean I think that the Watson Heritage games are always uh, you know, closely fought of affairs. at Myers side, What's been has lost their first game there against uh Stewart's Melville, Melbourne, albeit rain affected, so they'll want to, to get a first home run under their belts. And I think Heritage will be be going full steam ahead given the result they had against against Grange. I mean, with six Edinburgh clubs in the in the division there's a few derbies kicking about, but uh, they're always pretty uh, pretty interesting and I think especially early season it's gonna be a an interesting battle there. And I think across town poor guard plays Granger playing Granger playing Carlton. That'll also be a, an interesting game. And in Grange having had their first beat washed out and then then lost it at Goldacre they really want to be getting a victory under their belts in week three if they can and then, uh, but Carlton they'll be traveling pretty uh, feeling pretty good with the start they've had under new captain Tom Simpson and, um they seem to just have a, a good look to their side that was they were over playing in Spain in the, the T10 event um, in March. So they obviously had a bit of a, a longer pre-season than others, and that will have helped them a lot to kind of come together as a team. So so those two games are kind of the the ones that are sticking out in the, in the East this weekend coming up.
0: Yeah, and now in West, as you say, Oddington Air um, will be our feature game next week. Uh, very much looking forward to that one. While the match at Hamilton Crescent between West of Scotland and Sterling County will be fascinating as well. I mean, Sterling looking to follow up uh, a great win that they had at the weekend over over Oddington. We must give a plug at this point, of course, to the best way of following it all, which is CS Live. What a godsend this app has been to me. Uh, live scoring, live streaming, no more scrolling through Twitter trying to find out what's going on elsewhere. Uh, everything in one place. Honestly, Rosie, my new favourite thing.
2: Yeah, I was, um, <laughs> I was at the club... On Saturday, helping score, and it, I was actually kind of worried, but but it is so easy. It is so easy. Although there weren't any mistakes, or I didn't see any mistakes, and um, there could there could be. But you know, it's so easy <laughs> to use, and it is like we used it for the Women's Premier League as a bit of a, a, a kind of trial last year, and it was just amazing, and it's just great to see so many. Uh, Clubs getting on board with it and, you know, to be able to see the live streaming of the Frog Box as well is just, um yeah, it's just a new way, isn't it? So exciting times. So loads to look forward to and to chat about next week anyway. But that's it from us for another week. The three of us will be back again next Tuesday with our new guest, a report and interviews from our featured games and all the news from elsewhere. But until then, from all of us here, thanks for listening and Goodbye.